Warning, this podcast contains no journalistic integrity. Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. So I'm in a little bit of a similar position as last week, and there is just so much crap, bullshit, dumbness, idiocy, fucked up, whatever you want to call it going on in the world at the moment. And I'm back to, well, let's put this way, I've never been able to get rid of my feeling as though the world is being run by Bond villains. Well, we've got one invading the Ukraine right now. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not like you can't you don't have your pick of Bond villains. And so he's it, done everything but look dead into the the microphone and, and, and dead into the cameras in this last like couple of weeks ago. Give me microfilm. You know, like he's <laughs> he's done every Russian bad guy thing you can possibly do. Except like I'm waiting for it. Like the minute he does that, it's like ah. We have achieved full Bond villain status. Well, but see, the, the thing I think the thing that's gotten me a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit more uh, out of sorts than usual is is that I I'm seeing these things, and people are looking at me like I'm the crazy one, like I'm the conspiracy theorist. You bring up the Great Reset, and everybody's like, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. And yet you've got Klaus Schwab doing press conferences in front of worldwide television going, the Great Reset is going swimmingly. <laughs> you know, I just have to look at, at some of the brighter spots. I've got a, uh, a, a nephew-in-law? Yeah, a nephew-in-law who is uh, in the Marine Corps. Okay. And uh, he is so excited. I'm like, dude, why are you excited? He goes, dude, in the next, like, couple of years, I could wind up with a hot Ukrainian wife. <laughs> we go over there. You know they're going to send us, okay? And I'm in the Marines. You know they're going to send us. We're going to go over there. We're going to find a hot Ukrainian. I'm going to bring her back. It's like I could have. I said, the next time you see me. I could be married to a Ukrainian hot chick. I, I, okay, I have to give him credit for finding the bright side on that one. Be, <laughs> I'm because... like, you're going to war, possibly, and you're thinking of hot chicks? He's just, you, Well, it's better than Afghanistan, dude. <laughs> like, I, Good point. Point taken. Point well, taken. Uh, but see, it, it, he's looking at that bright side, and I can see how he's seeing that bright side, but I spend a lot of time working in D.C. I spend half of my month every month in D.C., and when asked about uh, Russia and nuclear weapons, our wonderful president, Uncle Joe's response was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the articulate nature of Uncle Joe just sometimes catches me off guard. Uh, it's And it's not that I know any more or less or whatever. I really, I really didn't think the U.S. media and Putin and all the rest of them would push it this far. I thought he'd push uh, NATO for some concessions because he wanted some cheaper resources and some, some more stuff and, uh, you know, undam the waterway so that the, you know, the, the 
place could get Crimea or whatever it is, could get water going. And, and I, like, I thought he was going to, like, threaten a bunch of stuff, do some saber rattling, get some successions from NATO, claim victory and walk off. I didn't think any of them had pushed it this far. I really didn't. Now, couple that with the Pentagon, who's just lost their gravy train earlier in 2021, where they're like, we lost the war. And now they're like, oh. Another war. Now we'll need cold weather gear. This is way more appropriate. This is the best thing to happen to the War Department in a while. You know, like they're gearing up for all this stuff. And I'm just like, I can't believe you idiots freaking pushed it this far. There's no reason for this. It's fucking morons. Anyway, sorry. Didn't no, mean to no, but see, this, this is where this is going is I'm looking at all of this stuff. And, you know, my my other favorite one is I heard on another podcast talking about monetary stuff. I found a couple of little things that I end up investigating and finding out. Holy shit, they're true. Two things. First of all, I finally figured out why it is that people think modern moni- modern monetary theory can actually work and why it is that the U.S. can just print as much fucking money as they want. Something that I'm sure that anybody who's a, who's a uh, historical economist and worldwide economist probably already knew that I didn't, but it all of a sudden clicked and made sense. You remember when good old Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard? Oh, of course. Okay, do you know, and it supposedly went on with this whole just it being part of the market and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm, okay. which is what we're on now. Which is what we're on now, but there is something backing it that nobody told us. It also makes a lot of other things make a lot of sense. I did not know that there was a deal with OPEC, especially Saudi Arabia, that they will only accept dollars for oil. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we're basically not on the gold standard anymore. We're on the oil standard, and since that makes everybody sense. needs oil, it also makes a whole lot explain every time Saudi Arabia goes. We feel we feel bad about this over here. We go and blow it up. You know what must scare the crap out of just just make them poop their pants is electric vehicles. No, the rise of electric to burn oil to actually get them to charge. Well, yeah. However, you know, I, I don't know. We use a lot of gas, man. A lot I, of gas. I, I'm this one of the things that I've actually been trying to find uh, information and like base statistics on to see whether or not I can form a intelligent opinion um, is. Because, because there's a lot of push and pull on both sides of this one, is at the end of the day, when everybody goes from using gasoline to using electric vehicles, how, what the actual effect is on how much energy we use coming off of the uh, electrical system versus the um, gas system. Am I making any sense whatsoever? I know I did not explain that well. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, let's see here. Uh, on a per day basis, uh, 21% of the uh, of the fuel we use, of the, the petroleum products we use every day, 21% of it goes into cars. 
Yes, but at the same time, is um, are we? What's the environmental impact of having to burn more natural gas, more coal, and more oil for electrical power stations to charge them? To yeah. charge them yeah. compared to what we have put put into a gas cart now? Because I I know there's some pushback on there. There's the other thought process that goes into that is, um, you know every. The state of Texas cannot handle the idea of everybody turning on their heat at once. What happens when everybody plugs in their car at once? Well, that's what I've been saying. Like, we don't have the infrastructure in this country in the power grid, uh, which there are three main power grids in the United States. There's the eastern one, the western one, and then Texas. Uh, Texas can't, like you're saying, Texas can't even handle everybody turning on their furnace at the same time, much less everybody swap to electric-powered vehicles. We just don't have the grid for it. Neither does the rest of the United States, by the way. Uh, now, you guys are in better shapes than I am, uh, me being in Texas, you being on the East Coast. But you still, like if everybody tomorrow went out and bought an electric vehicle in the eastern seaboard, uh, y'all wouldn't be able to charge them at the same time. So I don't know where Uncle Joe thinks we're going to get this infrastructure. Now, the the... The automakers have already pledged that they are going to switch in the next 15 years. They are going to switch to making electric or hybrid vehicles only. Period. No more ICE vehicles. The, uh, so the, the, other, I, the other part that I'm looking at with this is for all the money that we just spent on infrastructure in the uh, in the infrastructure bill. Have you seen any construction started? Of course not. They just stole the money. It's fine. <laughs> it's what they always do. You're not going to see anything. They're going to repair one or two bridges uh, and make a big deal of, out of it. And then, strangely enough, the rest of the money will get, and I'm using finger quotes here that you can't see, lost. That's it. I mean, that's all they did. It was a complete and total jack. Here comes my second thing with money as far as me being accused of being a, a, a conspiracy theorist. Another one that I heard, once again, on another podcast, and went, holy shit, said it to a couple of people. A couple of people looked at me like I was a complete idiot and then went out and found the exact speech to the British public online. It's there. The... Chancellor of the Exchequer for Britain, and I'm assuming Sean knows, but just for anybody in who's listening who doesn't know, that's the British version of our Secretary of the Treasury. The only reason I know that is because of Honor Harrington. I'll I be figured honest. as much. That's why I figured you knew exactly <laughs> what it was talking about. The British Chancellor of the Exchequer has made a statement to the British public and to Parliament that they are going to develop and introduce at the next G7 meeting a programmable uh, electronic currency. Okay, now the reason they're stating it, because one of the things I just love about these things is that if you look at what at the top, they're saying they're doing it for reason X, but when you actually listen to either what they say or read what they're printing, it doesn't say that. What they're saying is, is that they want to use it as a competitor to cryptocurrency. <laughs> Good luck, but okay. Okay. However, when you start to listen to the rest of what he says, and when if you re when you start reading the documents involved, what it actually is is a currency that uh, can replace physical dollars, so they don't have to just print anything anymore, or pounds, or whatever it is. Um, but not only that, they can program as to what it works for. 
Yeah, funny that. So they can automatically just take entire swaths of economy and just say, yeah, it doesn't work for that. So imagine everybody in the in the world, United States, Britain, whatever it may be, suddenly gets programmable currency. And let's just say somebody decides that – pick a vice. Uh, I mean, Porn. Like, Oh, well, and that's actually where I was about to go. If you think this is not doable or not something that would be done, look at two different industries, the pornography industry and the firearms industry. Ask yep. anybody in those industries how hard it is to find somebody who in the private sector will actually process your credit cards. Now, here's a fun part. So do you know what they did in Texas last year, I think it is? Uh, you know, the, the the last one I heard in Texas is that somewhere along the line, Abbott is proposing that they make uh, allowing your child to transition genders to be child abuse. No, but, you know, Abbott's Abbott. Uh, there's, there's not what I was referring to. Uh, so in the, the firearms industry in uh, in Texas, uh, which there is a heavy firearms industry in Texas, Tennessee, Virginia, you know, places like that. There used to be one in New York, but they're all moving out because New York is crazy. Um, the uh, What they've done is they said, you know, we're tired of this. It's protected by the Second Amendment. Um, it's a perfectly reasonable industry to be in. Here's what we're going to do, Chief. Uh, if you have discriminated against the firearm industry and they were pointing directly at banks, right? Because it's the banks and the credit cards that discriminate this so that they can have, quote unquote, clean morality, right? Oh, we didn't support these firearms things. Please use us as our And they, they touted it as a moral victory. Well, what Texas did is said, okay, well, that's fine. None of the banks that discriminate against the firearm industry can participate in the Texas bond market. Which was twenty to sixty billion dollars large, and what happened was Chase and some of those other banks that uh, publicly did that lost twenty billion dollars worth of bond money because they discriminated against the fire. And did you know that quickly after that they reversed their opinions? Imagine that. It was so weird. It's like they had some kind of weird heart-to-heart -heart with themselves and decided that firearms weren't so bad. But take this a step further. Say, suggest that we now have government currency that is programmable. Now, all of a sudden, the government says, we, uh, we want this to be used for your life uh, d uh, purchases. So we're not going to have it work for firearms. But we have a second, oh, yeah. no, but wait a minute. We have the Second Amendment that says we're no, no. We're not telling you that you can't have them and you can't purchase them. Just not with this money. Just not with this money. But this is the money everybody has, and this is the money everybody's using. Darn. Oops. Yeah. No, that's what. That's totally what it'll be. And and it's another form of control. I mean, the the part that they love about cryptocurrency is that it's, you know, it, it's. You can set the the control mechanisms on it, right? They love that part of it. What they don't love is they're not getting any any part of it, right? Well, it's it's very difficult. They're, they're not the ones in control of it, right? So they're like, look at the mechanisms that you can apply to something that's all electronic. We could do all kinds. Now they've set theirs pretty open. We could really put some filters on that wouldn't that be interesting the other part is it's very very difficult for the irs and uh, other 
uh, uh, tax revenue bodies to track and uh, appropriately tax uh, cryptocurrency right now. Now, they, it, it is and has always been taxable, but they can't find a trail, right? There's no paper trail with cryptocurrency exchanges most of the time, and they don't go through banks. So it's very difficult to to get because uh, uh, it only goes through the exchange. So you could have you have you couldn't it's not that you could have you do have all these cryptocurrency exchanges just trading money left right and backwards and the and the government is getting none of it and they hate that. Well, so even, well, even going back to the control concept, this is, this also considering the fact that. Uh, the other part of it is is being able to track money, as you said, because right now, can they track your money? Absolutely. They can go to a federal or state court, file a subpoena for information, and actually, but, and, and actually have to justify it to a judge that they need this information. However, once they're in control of that currency electronically, they don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, they don't need to ask. They can just look in the database. Yeah. No, yeah. And and what's funny is the regulatory bodies and the legal process of having something like that, the rules are so far behind because they don't understand the technology. Uh, it, it's like watching, uh, you know, congressional committees try and call these tech giants to account when they have they don't even use the verbs properly. They have no idea what they're asking. And, you know, the tech people just sit up there and laugh at them because it's laughable. It is. They, they're they so far behind. So what they're what they're doing is they looked at that and went, oh, man, they're getting away with murder. We want to get away with murder. And, you know, they'll, they'll figure something out. They'll figure something out. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I as a sidebar, I was uh, I was talking with a listener of the show and uh, he was wait like, you know, Sean, wait, 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 wait a minute. People listen. At least two or three of them. Oh, <laughs> I got a, I got a text. Uh, I, I I kept seeing little things about people downloading off of Podbean, and I was just assuming that was a glitch. <laughs> you thought it was me? Like I used to blame Beef and Op for downloading Wholesome. I was like, Are you sure you guys aren't doing this stuff? So I got a text, not to interrupt our stuff because we're gonna get right back to it. But uh, I got a text, and uh, he uh, he argued with me, although I think we're kind of saying the same things. He said a couple of things from Gentleman's Soapbox this week. One, you are so not wrong about how the family court is uh, run to favor women today. We could possibly debate why, but we agree on what the result is. Um yeah, I was uh, that was I think last week week or something that is saying that I was saying that the family courts are basically wired to favor women. Um and they are from all aspects. Uh the other thing and I read that wrong. I I, I fired back at him and was like, "No, I don't think I'm wrong. I've done a lot of research on this. It's uh that and of course he was saying he totally agreed with me." Uh, I'm like, try reading, Sean. Um, two, uh, I'm completely fine with people not having kids. As a, uh, as for why there is family pressure, when you get old enough to be a grandparent, your perspective might change a bit because you'll want to be around for your grandkids to see their kids. But that's not a reason for your kids to go have kids right away. It's just a bonus as a grandparent. 
Uh, three is I offer my immediate and unconditional services to women all over the globe to help them conceive a child the natural way <laughs> as many attempts as it takes. <laughs> and uh, I am sorry, sir. Uh, you know, I, I know you listened to the show. I completely read that as you were arguing with me on the way family courts work. Um, I, I, I was doing other things this time, but I, I just I just look at all of this and then you pile cryptocurrency and the the economics of not only are they having a hard time trying to figure out and trying to make families work now they're going to get the government on top of everything else which is what made me think of this on top of all the other issues that we're having you're about to get the government telling you what you can and can't spend your money on like Great. Well, look at COVID. Now, COVID, obviously, right now is the elephant in the corner of every room in the fucking world. COVID is turned into the ultimate chance to not only tell you what we, we've just talked about, them telling you what you can do with um, your money. Now they're in the process of starting to tell you what you can do with your body, what you can and can't do with your children's bodies any of that kind of stuff. And what I mean by bodies, I mean medically. We are also in the process of losing medical autonomy altogether. Oh, yeah. I think we've been on the way to lose that uh, a long time. See, I, but, I'm convinced. But once again, I, and, and, I'll, and I apologize for interrupting you, but I, but to, to tie it into where I'm going with this is, is me even continuing to go into why am I the conspiracy theorist? Um, first of all, Everybody is still going on about COVID and everything. The uh, Johns Hopkins University, a slightly known, you know, medical research facility. I, I'm, I'm sure a couple of people have heard of it here and there. Johns Hopkins? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Okay. Just came out with a report basically saying that all of the non-pharmaceutical intervention that they've done uh, since the beginning of COVID uh, maybe worked 0.02% of the time. <laughs> and yet there are still mask mandates and yet they're still trying to figure out what the fuck to do with kids in school well of course of because course. because once again what they can't do is take get rid let go of that control over your health i i mentioned very quickly that um uh, the, the thing with uh, Governor Abbott talking about trans uh, children. Uh, now, that's one direction of it. The other direction is is that there are certain states up in the, uh, um, the Northwest in which it, it's the opposite direction. And I don't know why it is that I'm having trouble getting this to come from my brain to my mouth today. Maybe I'm just that frustrated. But at that point in time, if you've got a child who's claiming to be gender dysmorphic and you do not automatically give them hormones, you're once again guilty of child abuse. This is not something the government should even be involved in. This well, is something that should when be... When has that stopped them? I know, but this is something... But we're, what we're doing is, is rather than this being about you, your physician... Uh, your child, whether it be about the COVID vaccine, whether it be about gender dysmorphia, whether it, anything, it's now being mandated to you versus being discussed. Now, 
I work in the medical field, so my own thought process on this and everything that I look at is is these are not things that can that a blanket rule can be made on. Every human being is different. Every human being is going to react to something a little bit differently. I will argue that the federal government sees us all as the same peasants that we. Well, that but but even then that goes into what I was just about to say. Take the COVID vaccine for example. Now uh, we've talked about it before, and I personally think that most people should get it. However, and it's been proven to be true, I'm not speaking hyperbolically, you can go online right now and find the statistics. There is a certain percentage of people that once you get the COVID COVID vaccine shot are going to die. Not get sick, not have a bad reaction to it, die. Okay. Now, by mandating that everybody needs to get this, they have actually made a calculation that a certain number of people dying is okay. Yeah, but I, you find that surprising, do you? Well, it's not the fact that I find that surprising. It's the fact that I point this out and I'm the crazy one. <laughs> This is where I kind of where I'm going right now today. This is where all of this is going. I'm looking at all these things going on in the world, and I'm looking around me going, does anybody see this shit? And if I say something to somebody, except you, I'm the crazy one. I, I really think that most people are, are so happy and content to live their lives as long as nobody's messing with them too bad that they really don't want to think about it. They just really don't. Cause they're like, surely, no, that's not how that works. That's just crazy talk. And they, and it's like, they're shoving their fingers in their ears going la 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 la. Cause they don't want to know. They really don't. They're, they're not bad people. They're not, you know, uh, uncaring. They just, it, they, it, it's just too much, too big, and they got other shit to do, and they don't want to think about it because if, if they really stopped and they really thought about it and they really started to try and understand, they would get so unbelievably pissed that there's nothing anyone can do about it realistically that they would be depressed. You know, uh, <laughs> Interestingly I, that you should say that. <laughs> that's, kind, that that's kind of where I am. I am so unbelievably pissed at what's going on around me and so feeling so unbelievably helpless about it that I'm getting depressed. And the worst part about it is, is that I've gotten the suggestion from a a, a number of people, family, friends, that I'm just paying too much attention. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? You're paying now. Think about that sense. You're paying too much attention, not you're overloading with it and you're you're struggling in all directions and all that kind of stuff. You're paying too much attention. Being a conscionable citizen is too much attention paid to the government. Not weird. And this is kind of a weird sentiment, isn't it? Uh, I think it is, because as I said, I'm running into, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. He said it. Well, no, 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 that's not really. No, no, that's exactly what they said. 
You know, I, I think what what they're trying to say is like it, it's like in 2020, right? Everybody got COVID burnout. Right? And I'm not talking about the actual uh, sickness of COVID-19 or anything like that. What they got was the constant bombardment and information flow that if you just turned on CNN and left it there or MSNBC or Fox or anything, didn't matter which side of the fence. If you turned on mainstream media, uh, from from I'm gonna say February 2020 to March 2021, and just just follow the news every day, you would get tired, depressed, and burned out just from the news of it, just from the roller coaster. It was emotionally exhausting. Because of all the things they wanted you to do and say and get and not get and not do and, and make sure that you tell on everybody who's doing these things and you got to be socially conscious and tell on your neighbor if you don't see him wearing a mask in their fucking shower or whatever the hell it was, right? Like everything was COVID. And you just people just got tired of it. Like, look, I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> like after a while, yeah, fuck well, you. I'm not. Th- there's like, also the opposite that. of that. You had the people who did go batshit insane over the whole thing. Oh yeah, no. There, I mean, there's there's pictures of of middle uh, middle class women just screaming at old women in Costco because they're you know like I, it's I'm not wearing a mask or I'm wearing a mask or whatever whatever it is. It, it's on both ends of it, and that's paying too much attention, right? Uh, looking at the way your government is sailing off a cliff. And like looking around going, so like nobody's going to say anything like nobody, nobody's saying anything. This is this is worrying. It should be worrying to you. Like, and uh, even then, nobody's worrying about the fact that they're even set it up that if you do say anything, oh, you, you are a domestic terrorist, domestic terrorist. Yeah. No, yeah, this cast but, is domestic terrorism. But, but even then, you start talking about things like, for example, you mentioned it's a goes against the narrative. Ugh, the narrative. That's just a conspiracy theory. No, no, no. It's in the document. Have you watched MSNBC? <laughs> no, no, but no, but it's, it's, it's even in the document. Speaking out against the narrative is domestic terrorism. <laughs> Yeah, didn't the Homeland Security just release that? But like, that was their word. Oh, I'm getting so tired of people talking about the narrative. It's just a conspiracy theory. It's in the document. <laughs> it's like Homeland released it. It's it's there in black and white. They're clearly saying there is one. Uh, there's I, and, and honestly, I think the Patriot Act was much. And, and look, this is going to, like, burn down a whole bunch of, of stuff. But, but. The Patriot Act was a big mistake. Um, we should not have a Department of Homeland Security right now, um, and that's probably going to get me put on some kind of watch list. But still, um, like, I like, what do they do? Their job is to spy on American citizens. That's like what it's morphed into. Um, I, I'm sure they're great friends with the CIA and NSA. Uh, there's, there's. We are witnessing, like, they're coming right out and saying, yeah, we've been spying on you. And they don't even care. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, we did that. What I'm waiting for is for them to go ahead and just change the name of the uh, the, the, uh, Department of Homeland Security and just go ahead and just outright call it the Gestapo. (laughs) And and when people look at them and go, wait a minute, 
you're the Gestapo, and they're going to look around and go, yeah, what do you mean? Well, yeah. No, I... I mean... See, I, well, see, don't, uh, don't, you, don't you think having a Gestapo would be bad? Well, well I, I don't understand. I mean, why, why, why are you you're worried about a Gestapo? Oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's not what we're doing. Here's, here's how it'll go down, okay? What they're going to do is Washington is going to come under threat. Like, they're going to get, like, a Freedom Trucker Brigade or something like that hit D.C., and then they're going to lose their minds because somebody's going to feel, like, infringed or something. And what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to put their heads together and they're going to they're going to, you know, as Senate and Congress and all, they're going to put their heads together and go, you know, we need something. We need something that's ours that we can use to kind of make sure things go the way we want to. Well, let's use the military. No, we can't use the military. Well, let's use the CIA. No, 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 no. They'll be expecting that. So what we're going to do is we're going to branch off uh, off of something we already have. And we're going to make a, a police force, okay? Well, what can we use? We don't have anything. Well, well, we're going to use the president's people. Oh, okay, the Secret Service. Yeah, we're going to call them the Secret Police. And then, yeah, that's good because that always works out great. We're going to have the Secret Police going on. Now, don't panic because it's all part of the select uh, the Secret Service. But it's just the secret. This is the Secret Police, and they're they're going to be policing the things that we feel are important. And that's the way they'll do it. And they'll they'll and it's uh, freedom police, you know, like they're going to they're going to get in there. They're going to make a chapter or something. They're going to split it off and it will see they'll make it. They'll do their dead level best to make it seem as benign as they can. And at that point, we're, just change my name to Pliskin, you know. But, but, and, but the funny thing is, is that to some extent we're already there. It even goes into another one of the, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory. January 6th. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. How can you not bring that up? How can you not even go there? And I don't care which side of the debate you're on. Yes, January 6th was a riot. January 6th sucked. All of that wonderful stuff. But you ask the director of the FBI. Was the FBI there instigating anything? What do you think the proper answer to that question is? No. Exactly. The answer we get is, I can't answer that. Right. Which is colossally, you know, known as, yes, but but (laughs) But we don't want to infringe, or, you know, we don't want to say that. But that's that's a situation where I'm saying, okay, go ahead and lie to me. <laughs> at, at, at least make me feel better about this. At least try. You know, you, you go into back back to Biden with the nukes thing. When somebody says, "Do you think we're going to get nuked?" You know, the, the proper answer to that question: No. Go about your day. It's going to be just fine. I I I hearken back to uh, when my daughter, when my eldest daughter was about three years old. She was in a room and she had gotten a hold of watercolors and paints which she knows she knew she was not supposed to have and she had been she was cheerfully painting her uh her little toy in there which she would which was a, totally electronic it had a little screen it was like a little laptop for little toddlers and stuff and she was just painting the crap out of it and you know the feeling when you're a parent and things have been quiet for too long 
and you're just yeah, like... Yeah, that changes once your kid can drive, because then it turns into, I haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it was quiet for just a bit too long. Like, somebody was having fun they weren't supposed to, right? So I walk in the door, open the door, and she immediately, like, throws some stuff under the bed. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she looked me dead in the eye and said, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Which was the most honest answer. <laughs> Like, she didn't go with nothing. She didn't tell me what she was doing. She just told me the honest truth. I don't want to tell you. Like, now, apply that to the FBI. That's essentially what they did, right? They, they went, oh, were you involved in this? We don't want to tell you. That's what we can't comment. Because if it was no, they would just tell you no. Right. Because that was that's an easy answer. But obviously they were doing something and they didn't want to tell you. So just told you, oh, we can't answer that. So, you know, they were doing something, you know, they don't want to tell you because, I mean, they've already found out that the what was it? The the kidnapping threat on the the senator or whatever the hell it was. And in, in a couple of years ago was yeah. completely an FBI operation. They pushed the poor guy into it. I mean, of course, he went along with it and stuff like that. But. But I'm like, oh, my God, to and, and to punch their ticket. And they're doing this to punch their ticket, right, to catch crime. So in order, the best way to catch crime is to create crime and then catch them right in the act. And, there, there, and you, know, you know, there's a word for that. Yeah. It's called entrapment. Entrapment. Uh, so but they get credit for this shit. I'm like, holy fuck, you guys have made a business, uh, you know, which is what, how they get their money from appropriation committees and stuff like that. They show successes that they've done all these and they've caught all these dangerous criminals and stuff like that and gotten all this stuff off the street. And then they get more money for more task forces and all that kind of shit. Which right. Is, which is even they've made a fu- business out of it, which is even then fucked up, because what they really should be getting money for is for there not being any crime in the first place. Yeah, well, they can't do that. Because they're only the FBI. You know, that's why I think we're going to get like eventually they're going to get a secret police. They, they've they got to like they like everybody else has a mandate that they should be following. And you could look at it and go, you're not actually following the mandate. You could get in trouble if you have the secret police. You wouldn't need the mandate is fuck you. right? Like they, they wouldn't have to worry about anything. It would just be a thug squad. That's what they want. They can't. They can't. They just can't figure out a way to get it yet. That's what they want because they've got the CIA. It does weird crap. You know, it, it spies on us all and everything. They've got the FBI. They're just basically thugs, or you know, uh, 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 you know, federal crooked police. I mean, uh, it, it's it's so crooked. I read a story on Wholesome the other day about a thirty uh, a guy who was in prison for thirty seven years because the cops couldn't find the guy who actually killed somebody, so they decided to blame this guy, and then they gave uh, to to cement in the testimony, the Philadelphia cops bought prostitutes for another guy who was in for murder, so that he would testify against this dude who turned out to be completely one hundred percent innocent, so that they could put somebody away and get a conviction. This is this is who we're supposed to be trusting. These are, you know, the the authorities and the cops and the government and everything that we're supposed to be trusting are the ones fucking us the hardest. How 
how is nobody and and you're paying too much attention? <laughs> really? That's what you're gonna go with? It's it's very strange to me. I don't I don't know exactly how we became sheeple in this way, right? Because it's very obvious that that what's easier for everybody is to just swallow the mainstream line. And go about their day. And at a certain point, I understand it's a big problem and it's big things and, and we're all just small people. Totally get that. But there – what I would love – I think what we've kind of run into is is that we've got such a separation at this point between – and as much as I hate thinking of things in classisms, I, I, we've got one. We've got an elite governing class and the rest of us. There's a there's a line in um, have you ever seen the movie Dave? Yes, it's brilliant. It's Gorney Weaver, Kevin Klein, and uh, they're replacing an American president, a sitting American president, with an actor so that they can maintain their power and maintain their control of the government. <laughs> and <laughs> I know, I know, it seems far fetched in the '90s. It seems just about dead on now. Um, so basically, what you're saying is is that they replace somebody with a replace a president with a brain dead person, so that the establishment can just keep control. Look, I wasn't drawing an exact <laughs> line, but I'm just saying if the shoe fits. Anyway, there's a, there's a brilliant line in it that uh, they the the actor went against the grain, and he's trying to to do this cool thing for the first lady because it's important, and he thinks it's important too, and he. He acts like a president, and he saves the th- he saves this this uh, orphanage that she's trying to save, and it infuriates the the sitting secretary or the the uh, the chief guy, of staff. The, yeah, chief of staff, who is trying to maintain control, and he's like, "I'll kill him. He's a president. You can't kill him." He goes, "No, he's a normal person. I can kill a normal person." I think that <laughs> right there. <laughs> Is the mentality of most Washington elites? No, they're normal citizens. We can kill and, and to wiretap and, and frame normal citizens. It's perfectly fine. Well within our rights. I think that's the mentality. I really do. But, but they're we, sheeple. We can do whatever we want. But we've gotten such of that division that oh, clearly. I, I think what we've got is is a a large group of people who have given up because what do you do what do you do it takes well there's only two options well three one let it go and that's where i think a lot of people are and that's absolutely and that's the easiest one though let it go just let them run with the ball hope it won't get too bad let them run with the ball i got shit to do that's the option most people think the other two options are markedly harder uh, one, try and work within the rules to fix it. And that's that's an uphill battle. Uh, that they're they're going to make it almost impossible, uh, at least at this point, for you the, to be effective in that. The word that comes to mind, or the analogy, adjective, adverb, however you want to describe it, the word that pops into that one is Sisyphic. Sisyphusian. Related to Sisyphus. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having such a hard time talking today. Well, I don't disagree. Uh, but the third option, 
And the option I think we will be pushed into eventually, because I don't think that the American people in their their current state are strong enough of of will to to stay the course long enough to make an effective change of government within the rules. I think you're going to get one of two real options, either let it go or burn it down. And that last one is normally judging from our history. Uh, the last 240 some odd years, uh, judging from our history, what we wind up doing, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And then there's a line, right? And there's a line that they're going to cross. And then we're going to burn it down. There actually is a fourth option to that, and it's, think, it, and it's no mm. and it's no more pleasant than the other one. And I think it's a more of a question of who than what, which is the fall of the Roman Empire, barbarians at the gate. Well, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. So, so, I, so I hadn't considered that, that but yeah, still, maybe that's still the burn it down option. But it's yeah, just it's just that of, we're not the ones burning it down. Exactly, <laughs> it's somebody else. Um, the problem and, and, and with I'll be that, honest with you, I think that I personally think that one is more likely because I think what we're going to do is de devolve more and more and more into what I've started to calling an Orwellian nightmare. Oh well, we're already doing that, and that's why I said continue to devolve into an Orwellian nightmare, and eventually, similar to the fall of the Roman Empire, as we continue to devolve, someone else is going to come in and take it over. You know, I said this in. Senior economics. I had uh, senior economics and political world cultures in uh, my senior year of high school, as I'm sure most everybody else did as well. Uh, but I mean, maybe not these days. Cause now they take, you know, history of feelings or whatever it is they take in high school now. Hey, but hey, so <laughs> social justice is, in fact, a major you can take in college now. Yeah, and let's the yeah. I wonder what they're gonna fucking get as a job after that. You know, uh, what do you? What's your job? I'm trying to find an opening in Twitter agitator. You know, I like what the fuck. I think the best line that ever described that actually came from the movie about Bruce Lee called Dragon, in which they he said, "What are you majoring in? Phil, phils, phil, philosophy. What does that let you do? Think deep thoughts about being unemployed." <laughs> you know. It's funny because Bruce Lee was such a – I've always admired Bruce Lee just because he was one of the people who did not accept conventionality, right? He just didn't accept it. Uh, in fact, he changed the way modern fighting is done, the Jeet Kune Do, which is the, uh, the predecessor to modern um, MMA, mixed martial arts, yeah. Um, he just cut straight through all of that – that cultural biased bullshit where everybody was like, oh, you know, this martial art is better. This martial arts, the best, you know, all that kind of stuff, all the the Chinese stuff versus versus the Japanese or the American style or or any of the other uh, stuff. And, and they found out that a lot of that form stuff and a lot of the things that that make martial arts so pretty really aren't effective once you put them in a cage with somebody willing to beat the hell out of you and take a hit or two. And, yeah, mixed martial arts really became 
what it is today because of Jeet Kune Do and the, you know, uh, which is the, the, uh, if I remember correctly, it's the way of the intercepting fist. Like you can't, you, you know, like while you're doing all that stuff, I'm going to proceed to beat the hell out of you, which is what his, <laughs> his philosophy was. First of all, I'm going to move from wherever you thought I was, and I'm going to proceed to beat you about the body until you stop moving. Um, you have to be that unconventional to make anything work. Because if you accept the narrative, if you accept that we can't do anything, if you accept that uh, any of what is being proffered by the establishment right now is the truth or how things actually work, then you're, you're defeated before you start. But – the the I, I suggested in '95 mm, that the U.S. was very much like the Roman Empire, and everybody in the classroom just looked at me like I was insane. I'm like, look, we're full of ourselves. We're huge. We're the most powerful military. We think we're unbeatable. I said, look, a lot of the, we have the largest economy in the world. We like at the time uh, we did. Uh, there, I, I think China and India or somebody like there's a couple of them that beat us now. Um, might be, I don't know. I know China's bigger than us. Anyway, I'm like, we're really like the right on the cusp of the Roman empire, the fall of the Roman empire. We were following the same track and everybody told me I was a moron. Like, we're nothing like that. That doesn't, that's not how the U S works. We're the best country in the world. I'm like, that's what the Romans said <laughs> literally before they fell. <laughs> Within a generation or two, they and, said that, and then Rome fell, and then and, it fell and, again, and, and then their, again. And their whole thing was conquering people, not because they wanted the territory, not because they wanted the resources, but because they were going to introduce them to a better form of government. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, as we install governments all around the world with you know people. So... I'm not saying that it couldn't happen because absolutely it could. Any country can fall. The problem with it right now, right now, is a couple of things existed that didn't exist in the times of the Roman Empire. One is nuclear weapons. Russia is still dangerous because they have nuclear technology. They just are. Um, if Putin decided he wanted to say fuck it and and pull the trigger on the world. He could do that. There's nothing. And so you have to kind of be careful around that because he is a nuclear power. So is the, the, the United States. The other thing about the United States is we are our military. You could take the next five militaries combined and it still wouldn't be as big as our military right now today. And that's kind of what pisses me off. I mean, no, you be, for the for the amount of size and the amount of money that goes into our military. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not one of the people sitting there going, oh, yeah, we shouldn't be. No, no. I have no problem with the amount of money. that I'm not objecting here. to it either. Yeah. My problem is, is the fact that for the amount of money that we do spend on our military, we ought to be looking at somebody and saying, uh, don't do that. And having them go, oh, OK, yes, sir. Instead, we're, we, what we do is we don't actually fight a war. We fight an occupying action or a policing action or something like Because if you wanted to invade a country as the United States, we damn well could. I don't care. Pick a country. Any country. We could do that. 
I'm not saying we should, and I'm not saying that's a good idea. I'm saying militarily, there's nothing anybody could fucking do to stop well, us. But, but see, the thing is, is that then we're actually looking at everybody going, oh, my God, China and Russia now have hypersonic technology, and, and, and supposedly we don't yet. For the amount of money that we're fucking spending on the military, we better fucking have hypersonic technology <laughs> or at least a way to stop it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and for those of you who don't know, hypersonic is anything beyond what, Mach 5? Yes, and the problem yeah. is is that once they get to Mach 5, there's no intercepting it. Yeah, it's just it, there's no – we don't have a missile that could catch whatever it is, right, beyond Mach 5. But even but even then, even if you have – At least a, publicly. It, but it, And the problem with it is is if I understand it correctly that even when you start going that fast with something of that nature that – even if you try to intercept it with something else that fast, fast that the calculus and the speeds make it almost impossible. Yeah, I, I don't know because because um, because you're what you're talking about is is not enough space. If you, you know, going mm, back to mm -hmm. Honor Harrington, if you put it out in like space space, uh, there's enough room that you can actually have an intercept point. But by the time you would even think about having an intercept point with a hypersonic weapon, when you're talking about the relatively shorter distances of planetary combat. Yeah, it's landed the weapon. Exactly. Yeah. And this is, again, you know, you're talking about an arms race. And now, knowing the military and the U.S. military as we do, I'm going to I'm willing to bet that there are undeclared weapons that we have that we're just not talking about. Oh, I, you know, I'm halfway of the mind as much as I really want to think that it's aliens, that all of that stuff that they've got on those footages, they're going, oh, my God, it's UFOs, it's aliens is actually something that we're that if a, if US a real honest to God war were to come out, that all of a sudden these things would start zipping through the sky and just wipe out everything. And it yeah, would be I like, just that's us. Fuck them. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. No, America. we would, you know, and. <laughs> you know, how fast is it? It's 7 million Budweiser Freedom Units. You know, um, it's, <laughs> you know, Budweiser per Freedom Eagle. It, you know, it's going to have this this amazing freaking, uh, you know, uh, speed envelope or something like that. Also, it can turn 90 degrees at Mach 18 and uh, it can turn invisible like the Predator. And it, uh, it comes up with missiles that only kill humans, you know, like... Just weird crap, right? Where, how long have we had that? I don't know, since the 90s. <laughs> when were you going to tell us about it? Well, we weren't. <laughs> we were waiting for a real war. You know, like, so, it's something like that. Um, like, it's, it's just weird. You know, and conventional weapons have gotten to the point now where you've got these, these freaking predator drones out there that, that like, there's no human. Right. There's no human in the same hemisphere as this weapon system. They're controlled from a bunker or a trailer or whatever, a base thousands of miles away. And if it breaks or gets shot down, they just go get another one. <laughs> Fly it out there. How many? Uh, I don't know. We got about 700 of them on well, an aircraft uh, uh, carrier. We just launch them from the sea. Apparently, they're actually bought in job lots of 10. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, no, I mean, and that's actually because cool, it was one of the things that went into the argument of dollars and cents. Oh yeah, they're le they're so much less expensive than than a than an F-15. Yes, but you can buy a F-15. 
you have to buy 10 Predators. Yeah, well, they get shot down every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Or they fall out of the sky or we run them into a building or, you know, whatever. You know, it's, you know, we got an extra life. You know, it's like Mario. We got an extra guy. It's fine. Um, I I just, I I worry that people will look at, because, and the one thing that the military does, and this is something that just frustrates the shit out of me, right? It's not that I have a problem with the military. It's not that I have a problem with our military's mission. And uh, or the fact that we spend so much money on or the the fact that we have weapons of of war that are capable of destroying whole bunches of stuff or or that we're so much we spend so much trying to stay ahead or whatever. I don't mind any of that. The problem I have is the false sense of security that it gives Joe Q public in the United States that we are untouchable and that everything is fine. They spend a lot of money and, and a lot of narrative to make sure that people feel like that. And so I that and I we will leave them alone. Feel like that. I want to know it. Yeah. Either show me and and like and I'm not telling like I, I know like the general public we can't just announce what we're doing like fucking idiot Uncle Joe, like we're gonna pull out in the next three days. Thanks, Joe. You fucking moron. Anyway. Um, publicly, he says this, right? And then they do it. I'm like, you moron. Anyway, hey, um, I'm not. The other option to that was, uh, Mr. Putin, do you think he's, excuse me, Mr. Trump, do you think Putin's going to stop? Well, he can go fuck himself. And if doesn't, we're going to nuke him. <laughs> like, there's got to be a middle ground in thanks, there somewhere. Thanks, Trumpy. Yeah. Yeah, there's gotta be there's gotta be something in the middle of here. You know, we're like you know, we take we take this shit seriously. We're we're basically responding like a a like we're in a cowboy bar. You know, I'm gonna stick a boot in his ass, you know. Like George Bush actually responded after nine eleven, I'm not gonna have some tin horn terrorist tell me what to do, and I'm like, oh no, he thinks he's Jimmy Stewart, you know, like like, what? It's it's very frustrating to me that this is the mentality that we have, and it lures the general public into thinking that no wrong can come, and the government has this shit pretty well under control. We don't. And we're never going to because the world is a big place. I think that illusion that our government has anything under control is broken. Well, even if they do, you know, like, okay, how, uh, what are the controls? What are the checks and balances? What is, what is the, like, uh, you know, I, I work at a job and we have several control mechanisms that give you the status of things, right? And as I I said, I think the illusion that that exists in the U S government is, is broken. Oh, for sure. You know, like there's not a general ledger. There's not a a list of checks and balances. Now, on paper, there is. Well, there's a list of checks and balances, but we don't use any of them. (laughs) But but once again, and and I think it's also kind of where where I go is what I blame Trump for, because Trump broke the illusion. There's always been an illusion that we're checks and balances. And now people just go, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to tell you that I did what I want. Yeah, now we know there's not. (laughs) It's not not even a question of if now. It's we know that's true. And and Trump broke 
the not only broke the illusion but broke it badly enough that nobody's even bothering anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely <laughs> is, is true. This, is this constitutional? Probably not, but we're going to do it eh. anyway. We're going to do it anyway. You know. Uh look at Biden and his mandate, you know? Like that's not constitutional. Eh, we're going to do it. What are you going to do? Stop us? <laughs> He's like oh. you'd need an F15 and a nuke to do that. Yeah, I mean, the the man low-key threatened the American people. Like, I dare you. I dare you to revolt. I dare you. You know, that's basically what he did. You know, like, I'm not scared of the American people. I can nuke them anytime I want. That's basically what he said. Whereas now you actually in the Ukraine, it's, and I this was part of the, the only part about the Ukraine that I actually found funny, was and they all of a sudden looked around and went, fuck, nobody's got guns. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that funny? Within 24 hours, they're like, anybody who wants a gun can have one. I thought it was too dangerous to have people have guns. I thought that was too dangerous. You know, anyone can just come down and pick up their AK-47. Just any man, woman, or child who wants one, who who thinks they can defend the country, come on down and get it. So they're good enough. I, and it's it's the hypocrisy, right? It's it, because you know at that point they are lying to you. You also know that that kind of thing fucking works, right? You're gonna have to take because that was the Americans' attitude back in the back during the Revolutionary War. You want us? You're gonna have to take us house to house. Come and fucking get it, right? And at a certain point, yeah, no matter now, now that's just Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. That's not. That's not even funny. They believe that down here, here in certain parts of Virginia, South Carolina, Tennessee. You know what's te- what they say in the shooter? They're welcome to Tennessee. The Patriots say it's shooting stuff. <laughs> or maybe it was Mississippi. I can't remember. Anyway, no, it was Tennessee. Yeah, welcome to Tennessee. The Patriots, the Patriots state, state of shooting stuff. That's how we we look at stuff down here. It really is. Okay, well, are you going to come in my house? Come and get it, Chief. You know, I'm going to show you how it is. You may take me, but I'm going to give you every bullet in this gun first. That's the way it works down here, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I live and work in a slightly different environment, which is uh, I broke into your house. You stabbed me. Therefore, I'm going to sue you. They don't even do a court case down here for that. <laughs> if you're found dead in somebody else's house in the middle of the night, and you call the cops, you know, they start off with, well, send a coroner because uh, I killed this dude breaking into my house. And they'll like, yes, sir, we'll be there with a with a meat wagon. They don't even I mean, they bear, write a bear, report. Bear, That's it. Barry up in the hills. They nobody, they won't find you until after the winter. I'll explain it to the sheriff and he'll understand. Yep. That's exactly like that. I mean, that's that's how Texas works. I mean, you want to know why there's not a whole lot of home burglaries down here? <laughs> you go get your ass shot. Um, and and it's not like low caliber stuff either. It's all like forty fives, you know, high velocity nine millimeter shotguns, you know, that kind of stuff. You like you're not gonna live. Um, what I do find funny is, is we've had constitutional carry for a while and Texas is a gun state. And I'm, I know, cause I talk to people all the time from like your neck of the woods, like DC and New York and Chicago and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh my God, is it safe to even go on? I said, actually it's safer here than it is in your neck of the woods. Cause, oh, uh, oh, oh okay. No, I would have no hesitation 
to wander around the worst parts of Dallas. Oh, dude, everyone's got a gun. Exactly. Everyone. Whereas I, I, I wouldn't be caught dead in Baltimore at night. Yeah. Actually, oh, I yeah. take that back. If I was in Baltimore at night, I would be caught dead. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, you know, there, we went to uh, – give you an example. We went to uh, – there's a sister city. For those of you who don't know, uh, Texas, there's a sister city to Dallas called Fort Worth. In fact, they call it the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, DFW, if you're a fan of the airports. And uh, Fort Worth is very western, and Dallas is kind of very urban. Now, in Dallas or Fort Worth – you're you have a shot about you stop one in three people in Dallas. They are going to Dallas or the suburbs surrounding it. They are going to be doing a concealed carry of some sort. One in three. OK, that's statistical. If you go out to Fort Worth, downtown Fort Worth, that bumps up to three out of four. And some of them are doing open carry. OK, it's a very western town. Um, they still have hitching posts for horses in downtown Fort Worth, all right, where cowboys can come and park their horse. Now, everyone in Fort Worth has a gun. Okay, everybody. Downtown on a Friday night, three out of four people are armed. There is also virtually no crime, no violent crime in Fort Worth. On the weekends, like none. Okay, nobody's stealing anybody's car. Nobody's trying to rip off anybody's purses. Nobody's doing shit because you're going to get shot. And not by the person you think, okay, by the three or four people watching it happen, pulling on you and trying to stop you because they can and they're within arm's reach of you. It is the safest town to walk around in, I swear, in the state of Texas. You will feel immediately safe because there isn't any crime going I, on. I have to admit that I was an idiot again recently and had to show my concealed carry permit to a cop again. <laughs> <laughs> and this one wasn't because I accidentally lifted my shirt. This was because I was really fucking tired and accidentally opened my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> I was checking into a hotel and in not the greatest part of the world. Um, the, thankfully, it was in Virginia. So they're used to people being armed. And as I was checking in, they were having somebody who wouldn't leave the premises arrested at the same time. And in the process, they looked at me and said, uh, I, I'm really sorry about all this. And my response was, dude, if you messed with me, I just fucking shot him. <laughs> <laughs> I admit that that was probably the dumbest fucking thing under the sun that a human being could say at that point in time but in my defense i have been working i i was in the midst of a 70 hour week so that that's my defense in which case the police officer looked at me and i went i do have a permit <laughs> see down in texas they just they just would have went damn right what do you carry <laughs> you know? Just is it anything I haven't heard of? This is nice. Well, yeah, this, I carry this. Actually, I take that back. This it's funny because this is if you remember the story and from and for those of you who listen to, we have a different podcast in which we do talk about firearms. Um, they called Hawkside Guns, uh, and it was a story I told on there. And if you remember, when I was at the hotel that I walked in front, and there was the shady person out front, and I went from concealed to open carry, mm -hmm. and thinking that he was going to be you know an a asshole, problem. and it turned into. Uh, a nice long conversation about how cool my gun was. 
This this was that same hotel. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, let me let me give you an example of how Texas is. We decided who's going to pay lunch the other day on who had the less the least amount of rounds on their person. Uh, I'm, I, two two seconds, real quick. Has this conversation has devolved just for the you know the, the part where we t- explain to people that we're not doing non tangential conversation. This is what we meant. So go for it. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Anyway, we uh, we decided that we were going to figure out who paid for lunch the other day by who had the least amount of ammunition on them. So, <laughs> uh, hey, you with your single stack 380, you lost. Yeah, I did. I did lose. I had. I was like, okay, I got one in the pipe and seven in the clip. So I've got eight. And they're like, uh, single stacker, huh? I'm like, damn it, you know. <laughs> and the guy across from me. Had a 365, and I'm like, damn it. And the guy uh, over to my right had a uh, – and I was hoping – I was hoping somebody had a 1911. No that, such that, luck. Actually, that, that was – but that was a possibility where you were. It, it is a possibility. A lot of times, especially with these old cowboys, they're, they're big lovers of 1911. So I had – I've got one more round than a 1911, than a standard 1911. I was like, I got seven – one in the pie, that's eight. I'm I'm covered. If somebody's got a 1911, I'm not buying. Nope, everybody I'm, had I'm double a, I'm stacks. I'm going to convince you to buy that uh, 380, 365 at some point. <laughs> it's probably not going to take much. I like six. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's a different culture down here. Like Texas's flag shouldn't have been don't tread on me. It should have been will tread on you. Um, <laughs> it's like we're... We're we're really kind of a spit in your eye type of of folk down here. But even that, they have to bring that back around. They have an inherent distrust of authority here. They just they, we really hate authority. That's why our governor has virtually no power. <laughs> they he can do stuff every once in a while. That's it. They can convene the state government twice a year. That's it. We don't really want them changing crap down here. Um, it's it's a different mentality. However, largely as a country, we are asleep, and I just don't know how to fix it. And that's this cast is part of that, right? It's it's part of the. Hopefully, somebody will wake up. I, I truly hope that that will happen. I, as much as I agree with you, and that's kind of why I started, if you haven't figured out what this has kind of, kind of turned into is my weekly venting and therapy session. Oh, yeah, that's totally what casts are normally. <laughs> <laughs> I, because, and bringing it once again to some extent back around to our admittedly very chaotic topic for this week is I, I'm, I'm literally at my wit's end at this point. <laughs> and I, I and it, when I talk to a great many of the people around me, for the most part, I'm getting one of two responses. Either, as we said before, you're paying too much attention to all of this. You should just not pay attention. Or, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. And it's really tough for to even fight the conspiracy theory thing when it, until you come to the conclusion, and this is a really sad state of affairs in our country at the moment, that the best journalism is not coming from journalists. It's coming from stand-up comics. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 coming from, from podcasts and stand-up comics and, and places it shouldn't be coming from. I, I had somebody tell me from... 
TikTok that the bombings had started in Ukraine before the Associated Press notification went out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I saw it on TikTok before I saw it in anything. Now, they also are floating a, view, a video out there of a tank running over a car in the Ukraine. And honestly, that happened. And like, I, I saw some information somewhere that said it happened in 2016 and it was a Ukrainian tank that was out of control and just ran over a car. Well, it, but, but also then the picture that they're floating around of the president of Ukraine, whose name I cannot remember, uh, saying that it's him ready to go to war is actually from two years ago. Yeah. So it's like, look, you got to be careful on what you're looking at. But even then, but see, the thing is, is that the picture that I'm talking about wasn't floated on TikTok. It was floated on mainstream media. Oh, and there's a whole bunch of crap on mainstream. I like I don't even bother watching it now. I really can't. I cannot stomach it. Any of the three main media channels, I cannot stomach their their bullshit. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. And that's what I'm talking about. The best journalism that you're getting right now is not coming from the legacy media it's coming from either independence where yep. uh or it's coming from stand-up comics that's a frightening concept you know, I look we, uh, yeah we, we've gone from a day and age in which if walter cronkite said it if dan rather said it it was as true as they could manage to to verify that it was Nowadays, they don't even apologize for flat out lying to you. No, they just they just spin it. And I'll tell you that it makes my heart happy when I see CNN nuking itself and MSNBC nuking itself. And and I just and and Fox just going crazy on the Fox thing. Well, and and, see, see, Fox has got one thing going for it is that you've got enough um, uh, uh, old retired conservatives that are eating that shit up oh yeah but every time i see tucker carlson i just want to punch him in the face it's just like please fucking stop talking you're making everything worse why do you do this you know like you're i don't even care if you have a point just shut the fuck up i i, I hate that guy he's just inflammatory he's just inflammatory and I, it's like there's no reason for it you know, but, they're not but, trying to inform people. They're Rachel, trying to scare people for ratings. And, and Rachel Maddow is the same thing in the opposite direction. Yeah, absolutely. What a bit. I just I I don't like either one of them. You know, it's CNN with Cuomo and, and just like I, it, it's 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 shameful is really what it is. It's shameful and dishonest. And I, I wish we didn't have to as a country put up with that crap. Because it makes all of us – it's sort of like Billy Madison. All of us in this room, all of us in this country are now dumber for having heard it. And I don't know how to fix it when there is a significant portion of the United States who's just eating it up with a fucking spoon. And I I am sorry I just keep cussing about it, but the more I think about it, the madder I get, and it's just – I hate it. (laughs) And And the print media is not any better. Okay, they're just as bad. It's just they're dying faster and quieter than the people on air. So uh, there's way less newspapers in the the United States than there used to be just because nobody cares. Right. Um, But uh, uh, it's once they get a hold of the new media thing and they figure out how to talk to the millennials and Gen Z, it'll be just as bad. 
It's just the the right now they haven't they've they're invested so much in television news broadcasts that they can't uh, they can't they they don't know how to deal with like TikTok and and YouTube and and some of the other things and other places and and podcast podcasting this this medium is the last free medium they'll come for it eventually but it's the last but, free medium oh, they're they're working they're working on it. on it now yeah with Rogan and stuff they're gonna try and cut the head off the snake with the big cast and stuff and then figure out how to work their way down from there. Um, thus far, they just haven't been able to figure it out yet. But, uh, oh, uh, I would like to do a shameless plug if I could. Please do. Uh, so recently, uh, Jake and I have been talking about this for close to a year now. And I finally figured out the medium, the method, and the way we're going to do it. And um, the first episode uh, released next week, we're going to get the next episode and maybe the next two episodes uh, done. But um, we have a, a TikTok channel called Retired Stormtrooper. And uh, it is uh, available on TikTok now. You can look it up. Uh, it's got one episode, probably another two releasing uh, in the next week or so. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I took the the uh, kind of methodology or the the thought process from uh, Mork Colleen Orson back in the day where you have a, a guy who's just stuck on Earth and he just doesn't understand anything around him um, and kind of transferred that to Star Wars. So. Uh, that was the the initial premise. It's it's gone pretty well, and Jake and I are enjoying the hell out of doing it. Uh, we've we've struggled. We had some interesting times with it uh, in conception, but it's out now, and uh, I'm super excited about it. Well, that uh, actually probably ends up as a good uh, altering point for this to show today. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to cut us off. No, no, no. Actually, it. you know, hell, I mean, I would have gone on letting you try to therapize me for the rest of the evening, uh, just as <laughs> I continue to sit here and lose my ever-loving mind. <laughs> and I'm sure people at this point are looking at it, going, "Okay, we're becoming a little redundant at this point." So let's go to some media suggestions. Why don't you start us off? Uh, retired stormtrooper. No, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> the three minutes that are available online right now are just amazing. Uh, more to come. It'll be more episodes than Boba Fett. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, uh, I. What did I watch the other day that was just fantastic? Uh, uh, damn it, I'm drawing a blank. It's uh, I, I just. Oh, um, I talked about Limitless last week. I. The beef was on the uh, we were talking on wholesome the other day and I was like, "Ah, you know, I'm looking for, you know, kind of a I like sci fi type weird stuff and and suspenseful things. But uh, on HBO Max right now, there's a uh, a thing with Zoe Kravitz called Kimmy. Have you seen it? I've seen the advertisement for it, but I'll admit I have not actually watched it. So she's a techie with agoraphobia which is the fear of going outside basically and she basically she she discovers evidence of a violent crime a recorded evidence of a violent crime and she has to do what she's terrified of doing which is leaving her place to try and right this wrong and it's got like Rita Wilson and Zoe Kravitz and and I mean there's 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 some really good stuff. It doesn't get good reviews because one it's Steven Soderbergh, and a lot of people, you know, Steven Soderbergh can be a little slow and a little cerebral for people. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh is awesome. 
I love Steven Soderbergh's work and movies and all that kind of stuff. Also, you know, because it has Zoe Kravitz in it, it's getting a little bit like mixed reviews. Now, Rotten Tomatoes has got 94%, but you can never believe anything Rotten Tomatoes says right now um, because they're just bought and paid for. Uh, but it, it's it it's really well done. I watched it last night after after uh, Beefy gave me the, uh, the heads up. It's really it's well done. It's like an hour and a half. It's it's not bad. Well, I am going to go back to recommending novels, a series of novels. And, Sean, I have recommended this to you a couple of times, but I don't get the impression that you've taken me up on it yet. <laughs> Uh-oh. What am I in trouble for now? <laughs> well, you're not in trouble for it. I'm just going to recommend it to you and now everybody else again. And that is a series of science fiction uh, stories called Expeditionary Force. Now, it sounds very militaristic, and it does take place to some extent in a military, but it is, for all intents and purposes, a bunch of escaped humans and a artificial intelligence running around the universe, screwing everything up. Um, and it is one of the bo best well-written stories that I've actually read in a while. It starts out, I will admit, a little bit slow, but once it kind of finds its tempo, it is not only entertaining and fun, it is freaking hilarious. Um, first of all, humanity in this story is by no means the top of the food chain. And they are the bastard stepchildren of the entire universe. And have no concept as to what it is that they're doing. And the only reason why these people keep get, keep making it out of things alive is because they're too stupid to know what it is that they can't do. Um, basically, they end up asking the artificial intelligence, can we do this? And the artificial intelligence will go, no, nobody's ever done that before. And the response is, why not? And you're like, because you only have a 0.3% chance of living. And they're going, if we don't do it, what's our chance of living? Well, zero. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Texas way. Yeah. So I, I will admit that a couple of the books in the middle get a little bit repetitive um, when they start adding in some of the alien species. And I know some people who don't get into sci-fi's uh, eyes just rolled into the back of their head when I said alien species. Uh the author does an excellent job of creating other societies to in ways that are very, very serious to these other societies, but we as a human reader find them absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, one society's entire economy is based on gambling. Awesome. Um, one society is <laughs> so bureaucratic that it's it, it, it's just sickening. They, they, the whole concept is they can't do anything and get anything done because it has to go through 12 committees. <laughs> ah, so the United States. <laughs> um, one society is basically Klingons for all intents and purposes, which means everything is based on war. Therefore, they can't seem to get off their feet because they're always killing each other. Um. So, it, so once again, it, it, it it's a, it's got a lot of humor. It's got a lot of heart. It's a great series of stories. I promise you, you'll be entertained. Awesome. Yeah, no, I haven't. I started reading. I should have started Expeditionary Force, but every time I hear the name Expeditionary Force, I think 
you know, like Chuck Norris is, you know. Uh, as I and, said, the, the title of the actual series is unfortunate. And the reason why and, is because <laughs> the, the group of the people that go off planet end up being the United Nations Expeditionary Force. Um, when opportunity knocks and Chuck Norris isn't home, opportunity waits. <laughs> Uh, as I said, I can see how some people would look at the original titles and the, uh, and even the back page description and kind of go, meh, it's very entertaining. I highly recommend it. It's not going to be anything that's going to solve the meaning of the universe. There's nothing profound about it in any way, shape or form. It is just highly entertaining. <laughs> nice. Anything else for you today? Uh, no, just the fact that I'm sorry I misread the uh, the email that or the text that I I was reading because I was uh, earlier uh, today, you know, about the uh, the whole you are so not wrong about how family court is run, and I read that as you are so wrong about how family court is run, and I like did this whole diatribe about how I wasn't wrong, and he's like, you're disagreeing with me because I agree with you. <laughs> yes, well, I am stupid. We like to say I had a better excuse to that, but no, I'm just old and freaking misread it. Uh, so I suck. Well, I will end as I've been ending. If the world is still here next week, we will see you then. Also, to any of the sexy aliens who would like to come down and, and enslave us all, I am first on the list, and I will rat out my fellow humans uh, for a spot in the sexy alien uh, slave race. So just saying, I'm available. All right. Have a good week.